Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Just 10 days prayer and fasting. Can you all imagine what 60 is going to look like? You're going to get the condensed version this morning, but I'm going to preach. And the 2 Chronicles 7 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's what's happening at Fountain of Life. (laughs) Brother Allred said this morning, Do we really truly believe that this is the right way? If we do, then we're going to live it. Amen? You can be seated. I'm going to take off. I think God's here. (laughs) We're going to close out Nehemiah today, and I'm excited. But now listen to me. This is like, this is better than Super Bowl Sunday. This is just Super Sunday right here. And yes, we're having church tonight, and I'm, I'm excited about tonight's sermon. I, I think I'm more excited about tonight's sermon than I am this morning, so uh, come out tonight and be a part of service. But today we're ending our series in Nehemiah, and I opened up with 2 Chronicles 7, 14, because this is the picture of what's printed in the book of Nehemiah. This is what's happening all throughout the book of Nehemiah. When you look at it, God's city is in ruins. The temple has been destroyed. The walls are down. The gates are burned. Absence of God's word. And just God's people are in complete exile. Yes, the book of Nehemiah shows us the grace of God. Everything was a reproach on God. That's what Nehemiah said. He said, "We're the, the, the city, we are a reproach. The people had done things that God had specifically told them not to do. Does it sound like a place we live in today? Does it sound like a church age we're living in today? Everything was a reproach to God. The people had done things that God, God's people, had done things that God had told them not to do. But by the grace of God, God's people humbled themselves, prayed, sought the face of God, and turned back to righteousness. And I believe this is where it starts for Fountain of Life Worship Center. Back 
to the basics. We have made this thing way too hard than it's supposed to be. God never intended this to be hard. We got to get back to rebuilding our foundations. The psalmist said, if the foundations be crumbled or destroyed, what will the righteous do? They'll go back to the basics. Praying and finding ourselves again, getting back to the basic fundamentals of Christianity. And it starts with spiritual growth. That's the first and the foremost. If you are a child of God, a blood-bought child of God, you will want to grow spiritually. If you have no desire to grow spiritually, you need to come to the altar this morning. Spiritual growth, maturing in our faith, discipled. Discipleship is a must, church. It is a must. Reading this thing individually, getting involved in Bible studies at the church, getting locked into small groups, prayer. It's got to be a daily priority, not just a Monday morning or Monday evening church event. Prayer has to become a daily priority to the church again. Who are we? Most of us don't even know who we are in Christ. We struggle with things that God said he conquered a long time ago. We have to understand the church culture. We have to understand what we believe. I'm still Pentecostal. And if what happens here today makes you feel uncomfortable, yeah, come back. But it's going to become the norm. I believe it should be the norm. We're a Pentecostal church that's supposed to be filled with Holy Ghost-filled people. It's important. It's fundamental to who we are. And I'm talking about filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Not, God, you came into my heart and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, that does, He does fill you. He comes inside of you. But there's a baptism that takes place after that. There's a, a word that we don't use in the church anymore called sanctification. It should take place in there somewhere. Oh, boy. It may go longer than I thought. I'm not going to be a pastor and we're not going to be a church who fears Pentecostal worship because we're afraid people may not like it. That's what's wrong with Pentecostal churches today. We're scared to death. If they don't like us, they'll go somewhere else. Oh boy. We got to get back to the basics. We got churches saying we got to find ourselves. No, we just got to go back to where we started in the upper room. <laughs> God forgave them and He healed their land. He had grace on them. 
I love the New Testament. I love Paul. He says in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with a little bit of spiritual blessing. Uh-uh. With every, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Romans 9.23 And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto glory. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, Colossians 1, 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said in Ephesians 3 and 8, Unto me, who am less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Nehemiah chapter 9, the whole topic is all God. You begin to look at the book in the chapter 9 of Nehemiah. It tells us who God is, what He does for us, and what we must do for Him. See, that's the problem. We like who He is, and we like what He's done for us, but we don't like the part when we got to do something for Him. Oh, boy. There's a quote that says... Those who do not remember the past are condemned to relive it. Someone else said that men do not learn very much from the lesson of history is the most important of all lessons that history has to teach. Y'all remember the old commercials? Some of you are too young to remember this, but I'm right on the, the, the line. You can learn a lot from a dummy. You can learn a lot from a dummy. Those who do not remember the past are condemned to relive it. You realize there's some people that have already came through and paved the path for us. They've already showed us some ways that don't work. They've already showed us some things. Don't go try to do that again. That was stupid. And I quote these two statements to say that Nehemiah is living proof that 2 Chronicles 7.14 works. They were the city, the people. They were restored. They were rebuilt in the book of Nehemiah. And my prayer is, is that we relive that at Fountain of Life. You see, let's get back to some old paths that we know still works. And there's one that I know still works, and it's still alive, and it's the Word of God. There's an old path that we don't like to do anymore because we have to discipline ourselves to do it, but I promise you it still works, and it's the path of prayer. 
And I'm not talking now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm talking falling on our face and finding an altar and repenting and calling out names of people in this box that need salvation. You want me to tell, hey, I have fasted twice in the last two weeks. My name's been on that list. And she's one of the people I was fasting for. Debbie said it Wednesday night, I believe it was. We need to call these names out. They're not just names in a box. They're lost people. Oh, boy. There's an old discipline that I'm learning. It's harder than we think, but it's worth it. It's called fasting. Man, I tell you, you go home and the kids are eating Reese cups and chicken tenders and oh boy there's a old path and y'all gonna look at me but I'm telling you it still works you know God's still faithful to tithers and givers oh yeah there's a there's blessings attached to all these disciplines I heard a preacher one time. He said, I'd rather God bless my 90% than curse the 100. And I think we can attach that statement to more than just money. I think we can attach that statement, how much time do I give God in a day? I think we can attach that statement to how much of my talents am I giving to the kingdom of God? How much of my treasure am I giving to the kingdom? We can learn a lot today from the experiences of Israel. They made a lot of mistakes. But I think it re- will receive truth. Let's look at chapter 9 real quick. It's the prayer of God's people and it shows us the greatness of God. But Nehemiah chapter 9 says, Now on the 24th day of this month, the sons of Israel assembled with fasting in sackcloth with dirt upon them. The descendants of Israel separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And while they stood in their place, they read from the book of the law, the word, for a fourth of the day. And for another fourth, they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. And it says that they were crying out with a loud voice to the Lord their God. And then going down to the end of chapter 5 and starting at verse 6, they started praying and said, Arise, bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Oh, may your glorious name be blessed and exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of the heavens with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. The greatness of God. The people, it amazes me. They just came out of the feast of the tabernacle. It had just ended. And now we see that the feast has turned into a fast. These people could not get enough, Brother Randy, of what was going on. 
Three hours of preaching. It's only one, it's only noon. Three hours of preaching. Three hours of praying. And some of y'all already looking at your watches. This moment in history, it marked a new life for these people. There was excitement with God's people again. I think about revivals. I think about how we used to hear about these tent revivals that would go on for weeks and weeks. I remember hearing people talk about, man, I remember that week-long revival we had. Now we might get people to come on Sunday and Wednesday. It's, people say, why don't you do revivals? Because you can't get nobody to come. People say, well, that pastor don't get revivals no more. Somebody asked me one time, said, why don't they? And I said, because the people don't come. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to schedule somebody for revival. And they show up and two people's in the audience and one's you and the other one's your wife. We live in a day of instant gratification. We want it now. God, I want you to move. I want you to move, and if you don't do it in the next five minutes, I got to go, and I'll be back next Sunday. Maybe. You see, we, we want to sing about Isaiah's experience that Jacob talked about so greatly on Sunday night. We want to, we want to sing about Isaiah chapter 6. We want a Paul and Silas moment, but we don't want to pay the price to get it. Well, hopefully pastor prayed this week and we get an awesome church service. Why don't y'all pray with me that we have awesome church services every week? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and it takes a lot to, to understand this. Because it's, it's simple, but you've got to understand it. But Psalm 22, verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. This fast food microwave mentality has penetrated our churches to where we don't linger around anymore and wait on God to move. I'm not in a hurry to preach on Sunday mornings. If God wants to mess up our plans, I'm going to let him. Because I promise you, one moment in his presence is a whole lot better than 35 in my sermon. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. We should desire to come to worship. Sunday and Wednesday should not be a bother to God's people. We should be excited. Church, God loves our worship. So much that he inhabits the praises of his people. He lives there. He lives in our praise. 
We always say, I wish God would come down here and mess us up. Why don't we go to where he is and start praising him? You see, when it's real, he receives it. He inhabits. He lives there. If you want something from God, go where he is. Worship, true worship, praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. When praises go up, blessings come down. If you want something from him, go where he's at. He's here. He's here. He's here. And that's where cleansing and sanctification takes place when we get those right. If I believe it, I'm going to live it. If I believe it, my life's going to show it. A.W. Tozer said this. I'm going to read two quotes. Worship involves the Word of God, for the Word of God reveals the God of the Word. The better we know the Scriptures and respond to them, the better we will know God and become like Him. You see, the relationship is a two-way street. And I say this a lot, but it frustrates me when people say, I just wish God would speak to me. The Word speaks. He speaks to us. And we pray and we praise and we speak to Him. That's how confession takes place. God's Word speaks to us. It convicts us. It instructs us. And what we do in return is we pray and ask for forgiveness. That's exactly what is happening in the ninth chapter of Nehemiah. They're assembled together with fasting. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And then they begin to separate themselves and turn from their wicked ways. And they begin to confess they sought the face of God with forgiveness. And then they begin to read the word. And guess what? They started to worship and God sent revival. See, we want to just worship and think God's going to give us revival. They humbled themselves. They prayed. They turned from their wicked ways. Then God heard them from heaven. That's the recipe for revival. The book of, I mean, the, the goodness of God. He met all their needs. Psalm 37 and 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your need, singular because if you get the needs, you got it all. But he will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When we begin to delight, when we begin to rejoice in God, he starts pouring out blessing. Look, I mean, you go look. Read chapter 9. 
He gave these people, I think it's in verse 15, he gives them back the land. He goes on and he gives back the word, the law. They had food, they had water. And guess what? Towards the end of that chapter, verse 22 and 24, he gave the people victory. What more could we want? What more could we want? God has been so good to his people. Even when we're not good to him. Grace and mercy. God wants to give Fountain of Life back a county. God wants to give back to the Fountain of Life the promises. God wants to give back to the Fountain of Life the vision, a hunger, a thirst. And more importantly, He wants to give us victory. Throughout the Word, God sent prophets to teach and warn. But all the time, God's people, they would just refuse to listen. And now here we're in Nehemiah, and He is merciful to forgive when they cried out. Remember that the, one of the fruit of the, the Spirit that's mentioned in the Bible is long-suffering. Y'all know God has that? <laughs> I hear a lot of thank yous right there. These people, time after time after time, have rebelled. I remember in Numbers, God asked Moses, he said, How long will these people provoke me? wonder who he's asking that to today. Because I know he is. How long will these people provoke me? All I have done for them, all I have showed them, and they still don't believe me. Could God have just wiped them out and started over again? But grace and mercy. He didn't give them what they deserved. They acknowledged the sin of the nation. I didn't give you this, Connie, but verse 33 of Nehemiah chapter 9 says, However, you are just in all that has come upon us. People said, all this stuff, we, we, we deserved it. You're just. For you have dealt faithfully, but we have acted wickedly. They acknowledged the sins of the nation. We. It would have been easy to point the finger and said, Randy did it. Dimpy did it. You know she did it. But that's not what their prayer was. We did it. We did it. When it's good, we. When it's bad, we. That's how it should be. It would have been easy to point the finger. But they repented. They confessed. God's people have been abundantly blessed before and still sinned. <coughs> God's people, Moses, led them out of Israel, blessed beyond measure, and they sinned. And now all those blessings are gone. God, through I think it was through Samuel, 
when he, he warned the, the people, we need a king. We need a king. We want to be like everybody else. We need a king. That's not a good idea. That's not a good idea, people. We want a king. We want to be like everybody else. Church, when God is king, we enjoy great blessing. But when we want to be like everyone else and let something or someone rule us, we lose the blessing. Selena, <coughs> if you want to come onto the piano. Moses tried to tell them. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass. If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. This is why God's grace should mean more to us than anything. That in itself should make God's grace so meaningful to us. Paul was continually telling people the importance of grace. It was Paul's lifelong ministry to explain the goodness and the greatness of God's grace. And we have watered down grace so much in the church that it means nothing anymore. Church, God's grace is not a license for us to walk out these doors and sin. Are we going to? Yes. But it's not a license to walk out these doors and openly commit sin and say, well, God's grace. God's grace is our freedom to serve Him. And if I'm truly serving Him, and I truly believe what thus saith the Lord his yeses are going to be my yeses and his no's are going to be my no's and his do's are going to be my do's and his don'ts are going to be my don'ts. I don't know how we've just taken this word and said, well, I see it this way. When it's plainly in black and white the other way. There's no doubt Christ was king in Paul's life. That's why Paul could say in 1 Corinthians 7, For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. In Ephesians chapter 6, he said, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Paul made Christ king in his life. And I believe looking through history, throughout the word, God's, it's, God is full 
of grace and mercy. You look at Israel on Mount Sinai with Moses and broke it. He renewed the covenant when they crossed over the Jordan and Joshua broke it. Samuel led them back and renewed them, but Saul led them back into rebellion. David and Solomon made steps in the direction, and then Solomon's sin almost destroyed the kingdom. But the awesome thing about God is, every time, every time, Satan tried to destroy the kingdom of God, God always had a remnant. There was always a people that said, I don't care what the rest of America does, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank God that because of a remnant, we still have a chance. And know this through the book of Nehemiah as we close. God is more powerful than your circumstances. God is faithful to His promises. Some of you all need to hear this this morning. God is concerned about your needs. He's concerned. And here's the greatest one for me. He's long-suffering. Jacob, he gives us more than we deserve. Through our unfaithfulness, he's still true. Thank God for his grace. Thank God that he's still rebuilding, he's still restoring, and he's still reestablishing. This morning, as Selena gets ready to sing this bridge, we saw it when we've lost ourselves. He knows right where we lost us. Reintroduced us to his love. <laughs> Can we stand to our feet and thank God that he has given the fountain of life new beginning, new life. morning. If you're here this morning and you need a new beginning, you're lost. 
you're ready to receive God's grace. Maybe you say, Pastor, I was saved once before. And I just need to restore the joy of my salvation. I just need to rededicate myself to the Lord. God's here to rebuild. God is here to restore. And God is here to reestablish. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.